Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and I'm complaining. Oh, you're always complaining. No, I'm not always complaining, but this podcast seems to me just beyond the pale. This seems to me to be something that nobody would ever do in the history of the world. These are easy. Oh, my God. Don't ever trust it when a chef says something's easy. We're about to make bagels. We are in the middle of making bagels. Homemade bagels are much easier than you think. Um, The dough is super... Here's why it's easy. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. You make this dough in a food processor. We did. We made it in a food processor. And you're right. It was easy. You're right. And the only difficult thing is learning to shape them. And the the first... We'll describe it to you. So just so you know where we're at, the water, you hear the water boiling. That's for boiling the bagels because they make the dough. You shape them. You rise them. You boil them. And then you bake them. And so they're rising, getting ready for their boil. So we're going to tell you what we did. To get this easy... I don't think you rise them. Can the writer stop for a minute here? I think you let them rise, don't you? Or do you do something? Well, the yeast does it. Well, I know, but you let it happen. Well, may- well maybe you get in there and, and <laughs> get inside the bagel and raise it up. But then you would be raising I mean, the bagel. Look, Wait a minute. Then you'd be raising the bagel. You're rearing the bagel. I'm now really thinking this through. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> you let them rise. But okay, so let's go back. And let's- it's certainly worth the effort to do this rather than ever, ever eat a soup. Supermarket bagel. Oh, well, all right. Now, listen. Well, we don't live where there are bagel stores. No, There we are don't. no bagel no, stores. No, we don't. i got to drive an hour to get to a semi-edible wannabe bagel store. It's true. And we live we live in very rural New England, and we got spoiled by bagels in New York City, and they're not around us that are decent, and they're all those nasty frozen ones from the freezer section of the supermarket, which are terrible. Lenders. Ugh. Um, so, uh, you know, listen, this is this is a way around it, but I, I just am resisting the call that this is easy. So let's go back to the food so processor. So we had a food and processor, and I had that. the metal blade in it. If your food processor came with a plastic blade for dough, don't even use that. You're using the metal blade, right. and in that, it's so easy. You put everything in. Three and a half cups of flour, if you want to be very precise. I like to weigh it. It's 530 grams. I think that, you know, Americans don't like to weigh their ingredients because that's, there's something about... It's communist. I don't know. Yeah, it is communist. You might be French or Italian. Honestly, the best way to go here is 530 grams and Bruce said of flour, but it's very important. It's bread flour. Yep, you want that high gluten, high protein flour. Two tablespoons of sugar, one tablespoon of salt, two and a half teaspoons of instant dry yeast. Now, instant is important. Um, you could buy the packets of instant yeast, or you can go to a store like Williams Sonoma or Surlotop and get the nice big big block of SAF, S-A-F, instant yeast, which right. I love. I keep in the we're freezer. We're not talking about what, which we're not talking about, you know, regular yeast, right? We're it's not, Even if you buy the packets, it says on it, instant. We're talking about instant yeast. The, and Bruce is right. If you go to a high-end cooking store or look online for SAF, S-A-F, um, instant yeast, that is certainly the baking standard. Instant yeast does not need to be proofed. You don't have to dissolve it in water first. You can put it right in with the flour. And where do you keep it when you open it? I keep it in a sealed container in the freezer. Yeah, and you know that's controversial. Well, it's always worked for me. I know, and you know that's very controversial. Because moisture in and out, and it gets yeah, wet. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. But I have to tell you that Bruce has made a zillion loaves of bread over the years, and the saff yeast is always in the freezer. In fact, one day I actually knocked it out and spilled it on the floor, which is like a nightmare <laughs> when yeast gets spilled, spilled on the floor. It's like a vacuuming nightmare that has happened. Anyway, so that 530 grams of bread flour, two tablespoons of sugar, one tablespoon of salt, and the yeast are in the food processor. We pulse them up to mix them. Then, with 
the machine running through the feed tube, we poured in one and a half cups of warm water. If you want to weigh that, that comes out to 12 ounces. Of 12 warm. And we're talking, uh, how do I know? Lukewarm. I mean, it should feel just warm to the, to the back of your hand. It shouldn't be hot. Yeah, that's right. And it, uh, notice what he said. Warm to the back of your hand, not your palm, which is always warmer. So it's warm to the back of your hand, lukewarm to the back of your hand. Okay. And then you will see that a satiny ball of dough will form on top of the blades, and that's all it takes. That's done. It was. It was super easy. And I, even I, who think that this is an absurd podcast, thought that it was pretty easy. However, I will also say that it did require a large food processor. It wasn't. It wasn't some of the no, smaller you, you can't ones. use a mini prep no you can't use a mini prep <laughs> and there are some that are of moderate size this this needed a bigger food yeah you processor. need one that's a, that is like nine cup which is a pretty standard most I, people have yeah I, I think that there's lower level ones now that people get because counter space is so um, six cup if you are if you have if you have a smallish food processor divide the ingredients in half and make the dough twice that's all okay. and then you could dump it all together in a big oiled bowl okay cover it with plastic wrap and set it in a warm spot in a draft free spot and it will double it takes about an hour the instant yeast makes it go fast i mean when i used to live in madison and i made bread i stuck my covered bowl next to the radiator in the kitchen i put it on the floor next to the radiator and prayed the dogs wouldn't get it <laughs> i put it next to the radiator in the kitchen we are fortunate enough to have a proofing oven an, a proofing setting on our oven so that is perfect for for letting the bread rise um otherwise you just want to make sure that you're in a warm draft free right. place you know not it's probably warmer than your kitchen counter Right. So consider like a place where the sun comes in, there's nice afternoon sun maybe coming in. And the plastic wrap helps too. It keeps yep. moisture and it keeps the heat in. So now if you're not using your oven for proofing, you're going to set that oven to 400 degrees. If you are using it for proofing, you're going to have to take the dough out before it's risen the complete amount because you're going to have to get that oven heated up to 400. Which is, which is part of the alleged ease factor here, right, is the single rise, not the double rise of the bagels. Well, the right? bagels will rise for about 10 minutes, but that's not... But not a true double Not, not a, a true, true double rise. rise. However, they're going to get boiled. The water's still boiling. I know. So, so this is how we shaped the dough because we had to make the bagel. So after it rose, I punched it down, I dumped it out, and I divided up that dough into 10 equal balls. Right. You can eyeball it. It doesn't... You don't have to be exact. You really don't. Roll each one of those balls out between the palms of your hand on your counter till you have about a seven inch rope. Then pull that rope around your hand so the ends of it meet on your palm. This is tough. I'm telling you, this is tough. And I'm... then roll those ends under your palm on the counter and they'll seal up perfectly. Then just roll it off your hand and you have a perfect circle. Okay, good. Do that again. We divide so the took... dough, we, we punched it down, we took it out, we divided it into ten. Pieces. And each piece was rolled into a rope about seven inches long. Right. Then you stretch it over the back of your hand. Yes. So that the ends overlap on your palm. Yes. Palm side down, roll that dough so those ends seal up together. So it's like you have a bracelet that slipped down towards your fingers. Right, but it's in the crook. It's not around your thumb. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's in the crook. Right. That's where right. The, and That's then, right. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this so that it, so that it sounds right on a podcast. So again, it's... As if you were wearing a rubber band around your, your four, four fingers, fingers right. at the bottom of your four fingers, but not around your That's thumb. That's right. And so you roll it till it seals up, 
and then just set it on either a cutting board. How do you get your hand out of it? With it just roll it. Oh, it, it'll misshape it a little bit. It'll I know. Go right mine back. were like crappy. It really doesn't matter. They're, it's it's trust when me. When I did it, mine were a little crappy, but um, it, it no bagel was perfect. They're like snowflakes. No. Each one is unique. Is that it? Each one is unique. <laughs> when we first learned to knit, he was knitting something and. Uh, he was constantly ripping out, and a friend said, you know what, stop ripping out. It's supposed to, to look, look homemade. homemade. And then she looked at what he was knitting and said, okay, well, not that homemade. Yeah, well, so. Every bagel is unique. <laughs> so now as you shape these, you're going to put them either on a cutting board or in a cookie sheet, and you're going to cover it with a towel and let them sit 10 minutes. Right. So that dough starts to rise again a little bit. The yeast starts to aerate and it. And mostly, I mean, it does start to rise a little bit, but mostly it's just relaxing. It's relaxing, but bit. it will rise a bit. Now, that water you hear boiling is not just water. In that pot of water, I have put two tablespoons of malt syrup. Uh, you don't have to have malt syrup. Uh, you can use sorghum syrup. Uh, you know what? You can even use sugar. Yes. Now, uh, well, let's say malt syrup is available online from online suppliers. If you go to Whole the, Foods has it. Whole Foods does have it, but if you go to that big giant, horrible Seattle conglomerate <laughs> that we all order everything from and that is destroying the world one day at a time, if you go to them, you can find malt syrup. You can find it almost anywhere online. But malt syrup is the standard that is used. Why are we doing that? Because when you boil them. The sugar gets into the outer coating of the dough and allows it to get this shiny, golden, gorgeous crust. And the boiling process sort of cooks the very outside of the dough. Bagels have a great chewiness on the outside and a softness on the inside. Right. That happens from boiling. That's right. By adding the sugar into the water, you get a gloss and a brown that can't be beat. Okay, so are so we now ready we to are do ready this? to drop these bagels in. I'm going to put them. I'm using about a 12 inch, a really wide, high-sided skillet here, and I'm going to drop three or four. I don't want to overcrowd them at a time. Right. They get one minute. You flip them halfway. Now, some people say if you like your bagels very chewy, you could boil them longer. You can, but I actually don't. I don't like. The, that texture too much. I think they're perfect if it's okay. just one minute. And then to flip them, just take a couple of chopsticks or a fork or a knife a or a spatula. A spatula is how I'm going to do it. And you can flip these. These are, we're, we are just near, uh, we're ready. We Let's, okay, we're so, uh, oh God, it it's a little bit of a mess, but <laughs> um, all right. So I, I, I there's that. a reason why I'm the writer. But so now I want we're going to take a slotted spoon here because in a few seconds I'm going to pull these out of the water and just like a poached egg I'm going to blot the bottom of the spoon on this towel to get let excess water go. They away. look a little different now, right? Well, they they're, puffed they're, up they're a bit. Puffing, right? They're puffed up a bit. And now look, I'm going to take the first one out and you can actually see it's going to deflate a little bit, which yeah, is okay. Yeah. I blot the bottom, get rid of the water, and yeah. I'm going to set it back on on that baking sheet. And I have a baking sheet that's lined. You can line it with parchment. You can line it with silpat. It doesn't matter. Okay. And we're going to do this. So once we boil all 10 of these, we're then going to put them in that 400-degree oven. And you can do them one sheet at a time, or you put your oven in staggered sheets and put your convection on, and they'll all cook evenly. Or you have to then move your sheets around halfway. They're only going to bake about 15 to 20 minutes. And they're going to be shiny and beautiful. Okay, wait. Now, just wait one minute. Now, see, you... This is why the writer worries about these things. If you had a convection oven, is it still at 400? Yes. I don't drop the temperature. So you put it on 400 yep. convection or 400 regular. Yep. It doesn't matter. And if you're regular, though, you got to move your sheets around halfway through. Right. But, okay, so 15 to 20 minutes. And what are we looking for? And we're looking for 
golden brown, puffed up, beautiful bagels. Okay, great. So uh, we'll let's, be back. let's come back and do this. Oh my god, I only wish I had some home smoked salmon, but we do have bagels. Home, we're never, ever, ever doing a podcast on home smoked salmon. So these bagels tear They're, beautifully, and they've got a beautiful. I'm a. Mm, I could get sick of bagels. They're so good. Um, now, if you want to coat these, if you want them, like have sesame seeds or poppy seeds, right. t- some people say to brush them with egg and then do it. Mm-mm. When they come out of that water bath, they're a little sticky. So that's the perfect time right. while they're still sticky and you put them down in that sheet tray to sprinkle them with stuff. But I think a good bagel stands on its own. They are amazing. The thing that I'm going to still complain about is there is no freaking way they're easy. They are amazing. They taste amazing. Everybody should try this These once. were faster than getting in the car and driving to West well. Hartford and getting crappy bagels at Einstein's <laughs> and coming back. I made homemade bagels in that same um, amount of time. Um, almost. They're still <laughs> harder. But... That all said, they are super delicious. And once these things cool, let me say that I have stored Bruce's homemade bagels in the freezer yep. for months in a sealed plastic bag. They are perfect. They come right back out perfect. Yep. I thaw them out, cut them in half, toast them. I mean, at that point, they're not so great like we're eating it right now, which is just straight basically off the baking tray. It's still warm. And yeah, where they've cooled down a bit. But those are great for toasting, but you should try it once. It's just a, it's like, it's like what I've, uh, you know what I've always wanted to do and we've never done it. So maybe this is my easy thing. I have always wanted to make homemade croissants. All right, I figure, ball. That's not easy. I figure that that, shoot, <laughs> it's just rolling butter into flour. I figure that I should do that once and I should call that easy. So maybe someday we'll make homemade croissants and we'll see what happens, but um, I'm going to say they're not easy, but they are better than any bagel I've ever had. To hear us cook through more recipes, maybe even make homemade croissants, <laughs> tune in every week to Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And also, we have a short version of this podcast where we help you avoid common cookie mistakes every single week. We do. And if you want to connect with us other times, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under our names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough. Let's connect. Let's be friends. And come back for more Cooking with Bruce and Mark.